Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is up? It is Thursday night, where we are, at least, live. Welcome. I'm Guy, and that's John. Or should I say, I'm Guy, and that's John! <laughs> He's he he's a uh, what Jamar Chase did you see that he called the Browns elves? You know that's yeah, an angry elf. That. He, he's that. Dayball. I would imagine came in tonight knowing they were in trouble, but he he got he was pissed off a couple times tonight. It was a very he's a he's a stressful watch, John. He is a hey. stressful watch. He's sneaky. I mean, they were fun. I mean, they were. T- I would imagine two. You know, maybe the Giants end up being shitty, but. Even when good teams play a decent team, a ten and a half point favorite. Guy, their next three games: Seattle at Miami at Buffalo. I'd say the Giants' playoff chances are in some trouble. Like the Rams, some of these other teams. I would probably bet against the Giants being the playoffs this year. That's I feel pretty strongly about that. Yeah, unless, I, I, unless I they know. unless they have some huge upset the next couple weeks. First of all, they have to be a good team. Well, do you think Seattle's? Are they beating Seattle in a week? No. Now, how would they score with them? Uh, I don't know. Get down by 28? Didn't work for them tonight. No. All right, what's up, everybody? We are sponsored by our friends, Tito's. Tito's Handmade Vodka. Who are you buying a Tito's for tonight? John, I am buying a Tito's. I was actually going to buy, buy it for Brian Dayball, but he, uh, he already... Uh, you know who, you know who I'm going to buy it for, guy? Hmm. Because... When Bose, after he played the first game, they asked him the next, the next, and like the next day, or maybe it was like on Wednesday when the locker room opens, they're like, You back in football shape? He's like, Well, you know, obviously you can't replicate it training down in Florida. My neck really hurts. I'm pretty sore. Well, he's definitely going to be sore because he has not touched the ball till tonight. I think Elijah Mitchell, after his double digit carries, is going to need a couple Tito's and sodas <laughs> tonight because he's going to wake up sore the next couple nights. Was Kyle listening to us when uh, we were talking Tito's and sodas and Christian McCaffrey getting unlimited carries, like spread it around. He says it the next day. I need to be more conscious of it. And tonight, Elijah Mitchell's in there making stuff happen. That's a good one. Elijah Mitchell, he gets a Tito's tonight. I'm giving a Tito's to uh, Brock Purdy's high school coach who uh, made it to the game tonight. And I don't know if you saw the video. I don't know if you saw uh, himself I, on TV. You think I think you saw you himself I think on he, TV? I think he got a text. Threw his sunglasses on and... Uh, Got uh, had his moment in the sun. It was a very cool moment. Tito's handmade vodka. However you like to drink it, Tito's in water with a little lemon. That's Tito himself. That's his favorite drink. Little Tito and ginger. Little Tito in a 
little espresso. John, you're going to a wedding on Saturday. I think the Tito espresso probably going to be your first order. Uh, espresso martini with Tito's. However you like it, Tito's handmade vodka. There it is. Numero uno. Uh, crafted to be savored responsibly. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof. Hear me out. Okay. I would say most of our lives, right, when we were growing up as diehard sports fans in the 90s and the 2000s, huge trades happened a lot and, you know, in season, and it was mainly baseball and basketball, right? Star players in baseball and basketball got traded during in January and baseball in July. In football, it's it's pretty new. Players got traded in the offseason in the NFL forever, but I would say in-season trades has gone on steroids since the the Roseman types kind of took over the league. Mm-hmm. And now these last five or six years, I, I would imagine depending on who's winning and losing this year, you're going to see a ton of like quote unquote big names be available, especially high price names. So the bar, it's not like, you know, CC Sabathia's and we could rattle through big name NBA players forever. Damian Lillard will probably be one this year. Christian McCaffrey. If you factor it like Vaughn Miller, they ate some money or whatever. They gave a second and third, and they won the Super Bowl, and I think he had a sack, basically. That Week 17 game against the Niners, and then every playoff game, including the Super Bowl, doesn't get much better than that, but he left. Like, he, he doesn't stay on the team. It was like a baseball move, like when you get CC Sabathia, right? you like, we're just kind of getting him for the stretch run, and we, he's probably not going to be back. They, I thought it was kind of crazy when they traded for McCaffrey. Clearly, it's not. But it wasn't like... It would have been crazy and actually aged pretty well if he had been going to be a free agent, which they would have definitely resigned slash franchised or whatever. But he's not only not wasn't a free agent; he's under contract for multiple years, and it's he just fucking tied Jerry Rice's record. Like Kyle Shanahan, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> There's no player. It would take Trent Williams to be like 28 to be even be on the same level of like yeah, he's under. Kyle's dead body is he leaving? Like that's where Christian is right now. Under his dead body is Christian McCaffrey leaving the 49ers if he's healthy. I uh I think even his dead body would get 10 touches a game. Shanahan no, would find I'm, a say, way. I'm saying it would take Kyle's dead body for someone to like have the juice to be like, yeah, Got we it. don't we can allocate some Mike would see, take over. I can see Prague, like we could allocate some no. resources, get a couple of Elijah Mitchells. Mike Shanahan would then take over the 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 uh the team. Uh Christian McCaffrey history tonight. You mentioned the Jerry Rice uh, touchdown in 12 straight games, including the playoffs, tied with Jerry Rice, the longest streaks since the merger. Uh, OJ, can't wait for Pre- that record. Uh, Pre-murder. When they do OJ, John Riggins, and McCaffrey on a graphic, is OJ going to be on the graphic, you think? I do uh, think, well, I think he's getting to 13 because they play the Cardinals. Getting to 14, that Cowboy game, assuming it's going to be a low-scoring game like last year, could be difficult, right? Could Well, no, but I mean, yes, but like the big game is when the best players score, right? Like he's the one that's going to get the ball seven times on the goal line or whatever. True. Uh, hold on. Gotta I, get, got more gotta get there. I got more McCaffrey history. That's true. Uh, McCaffrey, the eighth player since at least 1970 to score. Oh, we already knew that one. Hold on. Uh, the 10th player uh in nfl history to do it overall if you don't count the merger this not one here we go here's what i'm looking for mccaffrey the fourth player in nfl history with 5,000 rushing yards 450 catches in the first seven years marshall falk roger craig ladanian thompson cool but mccaffrey needs 47 catches to become the first player in nfl history to 5,000 rushing yards and 500 catches in his first seven years the niners traded for a hall of famer in his prime 
as long as he's healthy with them at this rate, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, John. Do you think part of it was it's kind of like a car, right? Even nice cars. They're just viewed as diminished values, valued once they leave the lot. Running backs are a lot like that. If everyone knew that, like, because it felt like when they traded for him, I know, remember, he had just played the Rams or whatever. And it was like, oh, he looked healthy. He looked really good. Played the Rams. He, he, they had given, I remember, because I looked, at, I think it was like, they gave him like seven the first eight touches of the game. But game. he had been banged up previously the yeah. couple years, and he was on a shitty team. His value was nowhere viewed. Like last year when how he traded for AJ Brown, it was like other teams would have gladly traded. For, you know, it was right. Debo Samuel. The Jets would have given pick ten. I think McCaffrey was like, you know, he makes a lot of money, always hurt. If everyone knew that you were getting this, even obviously he'd be better on the Niners than a lot of teams. But if teams knew, like, wait, second and third for that, right? Are there a lot of other teams in the mix trading Without for him? Question. Without question. Like, yeah, obviously, the Niners got to buy low just based on that he was a running back who was viewed as an injury-prone guy. Because I think the league, a couple of years ago when he was kicking ass, everyone viewed him as, like, one of the best players in the league. When he was, you are remember, so was like right. a thousand, thousand guy. You are so right. Like, all the guys you're talking about were everybody would have taken them if they could have. A.J. Brown is a perfect example. Everybody would have taken A.J. Brown if they could have. Like, right? or if the, if the Seahawks would have been like, yeah, you know, we don't want to re-sign D.K., we'll trade him. Like, 20 teams would have traded for him. Do they – did the Panthers need any of the Niners – they didn't to get Bryce Young. No, because they just traded ones basically and D- and DJ. Because you know who Bryce Young could really use is like I don't know Christian McCaffrey <laughs> and DJ Moore and DJ Moore. Did you see the clip of DJ Moore? Wouldn't their team be a lot more Did interesting you see the DJ with Moore McCaffrey and DJ Moore? They'd be really interesting. Yeah, they wouldn't have to bring Andy Dalton in, in short yardage situations because because their quarterback is too hurt to to sneak and too skinny. Uh, Levante was it Levante David the Bucks game? Did you see that? He was like the DJ Moore. He like one of them was mic'd up. Might have been him. The Bucks. He was like, man, they are not using you right. And DJ Moore's like, tell me about it. Like during the game, you know, just like shaking hands. Oh, you're saying when Tampa played the Bears? Yeah, yeah. Like, tell me about it. I I think we got this wrong, and I was guilty of this. Is like comparing, you know, Ayuk and Debo are probably not. I mean, they're not as good as like AJ Brown and and Devontae as like true wide receivers, or even now like Waddle and Tyree Kill. I think we might be looking at it wrong because obviously Ayuk is really good, but you know his role is always going to be very unique relative to like how good he is. It's really Debo and Christian McCaffrey, like that's the duo. You saw it tonight, and that's what makes Christian McCaffrey unique. Is like at any moment he could have like ten catches, and he's also with Nick Chubb hurt now. Is there even any debate? Is he the best running back in the league? And Saquon hurt. Yeah, I mean. But even if Saquon was healthy, like you would Christian's take McCaffrey, they wouldn't trade McCaffrey for any other back or two other backs or three other backs. He's yeah, I mean, yeah, is there, there any other a, running back they would trade straight up one for one? I think there's like quarterbacks they wouldn't trade McCaffrey for, and I'd be like, yeah, okay. I don't think they trade McCaffrey like since they have Brock. If they didn't have Brock, then like you texted, we were on a thread with Jeff Schwartz because I watched Daniel Jones against the Mc- Cardinals. McCaffrey straight up for Herbert, who says no first. <laughs> Chargers obviously no, but do the Niners? Not, I, I would tell Kyle you got to do it, but yeah, you got to do that. Um, but uh, I don't like. I watch Daniel Jones. I'm like, you know, I don't think he's great, but I don't think he's like some bottom of the barrel piece of trash quarterback either. Why like is Kyle, his, neck, could, his neck is so long. <laughs> well, how did they go from always looks confused quarterback Eli Manning to always looks confused and worried quarterback Daniel Jones? It's 
Eli's obviously, uh, you know, to use your term, war daddy. There's no question about it. Left it all on the field. But both those guys look so worried all the time. They just in a market that really nitpicks you, having a worried face, not ideal. But the Niners had uh, it, to start the second quarter. They went Brock ball batted down the line of scrimmage. Debo sweet catch over the middle, but ineligible receiver downfield. Second and fifteen. Kittle incomplete. Might have got kicked in the nuts. Got up limp, limping. In that moment, it's 3-3. Three, three, and you're like, did, I said to you, like, did Kittle just get hurt? And this offense just kind of, they just punted uh, on the last drive on like a a four and out. I'm like, oh, this is not. And then they just, Kyle's like, all right, fuck it. Debo screen, 30 yards. McCaffrey, nine yards, just poof. McCaffrey, poof, another 10 yards. And it was, they were back on the run and they scored a touchdown. And it's just the second they look like they're a little out of sync, you just give the ball to McCaffrey, give the ball to Debo. Hell, give it to him back to back, just Debo McCaffrey, Debo McCaffrey, Debo McCaffrey. And it's just instant rhythm for Brock when he's kind of out of rhythm. It was, I mean, it's, it's like it's, it was the easy button, those old Staples commercials. I think those two guys, what makes them different than like, like to hit AJ Brown or DK Metcalf or you know Tyree Kill, you are usually pushing the ball down the field. If you watch a top ten high school con- uh, team in the country or a top NFL team or excuse me college football team in the country, Chip was always king of this when he was kicking the shit at everybody. They weren't throwing bombs. It was a lot of like runs and a lot of screens, and they just had way better athletes and way more speed and just speed meets skill. Right. The Niners honestly have moments like that drive you just described that looks like Alabama or Georgia or, you know, Fort Lauderdale, whatever the sweet high school. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, that's the one I was looking for, who I actually ran into one time at the Bay Club in uh, at Walnut Creek. And yeah. I remember walking, they were playing De La Salle. J- Jason Taylor was an assistant coach. They had about seven guys. They were clearly in the dinner line because they were eating their pregame meal. That I was like, you if if I said guy, these guys are practice squatters for the 49ers. One yeah. was like Jason Taylor's kid. The other was like Michael Irvin's cousin, Deion Sanders' nephew. I mean, they were fucking enormous. But the point is, if you watch those teams, at that level, you don't have to throw bombs to beat them. It's like, just hand the ball off to fucking the guy that's going to Alabama. The Niners, and I would say Kyle, and Debo has really played this role for a long time, and Kittle has his moments. They get the ball very close to the line of scrimmage. Now adding McCaffrey, they got two guys that majority of their touches are right around or behind the line of scrimmage, and it's fucking the gates are open. I mean, D- Debo had a night tonight was like, hey, everybody, I'm just as good as McCaffrey. And he the one play he had has to be one of the sweetest plays of the year so far, right? He broke like four the tackles, 360. On? Yeah, the one he yeah, broke yeah. a rib slash, just got How the about, wind knocked out of him. The but you late. He had, John, the touchdown he had Sunday was one of the best plays of the year. When he caught it on the sideline, you're like, how is he going to score from there? You know the key? If you're an NFL star and you get the wind knocked out of you, you stay down long enough where it's like, did he just break a rib? Because you, you can't get up right away, but you have to lay long enough to like let everyone know it might be a serious injury. And then cruise the blue tent, and then within two plays, you're like, "Wait, did they just throw the ball to him again?" It's like, "No, he's fine. He had to get his breath." But I appreciate it's a very NBA move. Like it could be his knee shattered. No, actually, he's completely fine. But he was on the ground long enough where it's like, I can't just jump up now. People be like, "What the hell was he doing?" So he he, he yeah. played it perfectly. I thought. Right. If you if you if you get hit in the stomach and you lose your breath playing pickup hoops, 
nine guys just run the other way and you got to stumble to the sideline. If yeah. you're an NFL star, you can just lay on the field with all of America watching to catch your breath and just catch your breath. <laughs> they did the thing like no music going to break, guys. No music going to break. Debo's down. They no music. They fade to black. You know, they go to break differently when a player's hurt, you know. Yeah. And they just fade to black. And it's like, all right. And well, Kyle, the- they, they had a pitch out of Kyle as they went to break unfazed. He was like, yeah, I've seen this one before. Yeah, the, the Giants have a couple that are actually way worse than like the NBA NFL player lay there for too long move is when the guy hops up, but his shoulder's kind of dangling. And he's like, and you can tell the coach is like, oh my God, he just fucking broke his clavicle. I, I think they had that twice. Adoree Jackson and the other, I think, D lineman, you're like, that's probably serious. You yeah, well, had the O lineman go down on the interception. He like tried to tackle Hufunga and like rolled his own ankle. Yeah, 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 yeah. That looked bad. And uh, was that the? They had another guy with like a shoulder kind of dangling that kind of jogged off. You're like, oh, that ain't good. And Dable's like, holy fuck. The Niners have a lot of. You just hold your breath, and then all of a sudden, Kittle will do like a rock, the Rock in like 2001 in the ring. No one will even touch him, and he'll jump up on his own and go like this. It's like, George, we just thought your entire lower body was shattered, and you're completely fine. They, three times a game, I, I kind of hold my breath for two seconds. They're like, did McCaffrey just blow out his knee? No, he's okay. John, it's not three times a game for me. He gets tackled so hard. He got flipped onto his head early in the game today. Um, he's always bleeding. His elbows. He bleeds from the just, – just put on a little elbow sleeve, but he loves yeah. loves the blood. He loves the blood. Uh, six for 129 for Debo Samuel tonight, John. And a touchdown. Uh, seven catches. George Kittle led the way without Ayuk. And I do think Ayuk made some money tonight. Like you could, they were just, they missed the Ayuk element. Um, I feel like they, I feel like they told him no. Cause I, I, I think, I think if he can go, there's no stop. Like he would play. I think it was, bro, it ain't worth it. We're not going to risk you. And it was clear, even when the game was close, like the talent discrepancy in the game, didn't it kind of – I felt it was very collegiate. It, yeah, like it was significant. I mean, they were down. They had two rookie corners. They were down linemen, no Saquon. You know, it was it – Well, you could just tell – to me, just the movement of the guys, you're just like – the Niners are going to have to – Purdy was going to throw like a pick six or something to even give them a shot. Yeah. Which, you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but – I, I agree with you. I did a video. This I don't know morning, about you, but like, I had some Sam Darnold in the pen. You know, <laughs> I know. Well, your text, I have it here. Um, <laughs> you weren't the only one. But uh, one thing that occurred to me this morning when I was doing a Ayuk video, and I was like, I think he's going to play. This is the, like this is who he is. But then I was like, you know, here's the thing that they, the advantage they have is they've got like Chris Conley was the guy that they that was active today from their. They have four receivers on the practice squad. Conley's the only guy that had an NFL catch last year. It's Sneed. It's uh, oh, Danny Gray's hurt, huh? Yeah, Danny Gray. It's Sneed. It's Winstead, the rookie, and uh, the is it Tay Martin or somebody like Tay Martin? I think it's Tay Martin. Um, but the beauty is you don't like you can sp- spread the ball around. Just like oh, I guess Kittle gets some more catches today, right? Yeah. So they don't they they can spread it, especially in a game like this. So that was fine with Ayuk. The other thing, new field. They said it was hard. The field was a little harder, so maybe that was a good thing for Ayuk to stay off of it. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I, I think a lot had to do with the short week too. It's like, why are we week. risking this? Yep. I mean, Kyle's um, comments. The Thursday night game, hmm. when he said, whenever that press conference was, that 
when we, I first saw the guy on Tuesday, we went to a meeting. I said, this is like Wednesday morning. And when we leave the meeting, it'll basically be Thursday. Like Thursday games are pretty batshit crazy. And it is, I, I, we, you and I talked about this last podcast. Listen, you, you get no style credit. They, they could have won this game by one. Who gives a fuck? Just win the game. Yeah. You are at such a massive disadvantage as a road team. Remember when the Niners, like, December 10th had to go to Tennessee Thursday night? It's like, this is crazy. Also, it's not like, oh, well, they stayed out here on the West Coast. They played back-to-back road games well once a Thursday across the country. There's, they're, 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 even if the Giants are a solid team, that's the way that's supposed to look on Thursday. Yeah, they, what a, and the last game, they lose their star running back and a tackle. I mean, it's what, what a, they could have been playing, honestly, like – are they an underdog against the Rams? Like who who else? The Seattle? Like they're losing that game against the other two teams as well to me in the NFC West in that scenario. It'd be hard. Yeah, if they were two and oh, they're losing the game like that. Well, if I told you the Jets and Giants, like that was the Niners, did a little thing like that as like a Sunday, Thursday. I don't care what the rotation would be, but like that's a weird it's a tough little spot, right? You're playing the Jets and then four days later you're playing the Giants and you're just staying in like New Jersey. Right. It's just, it's just uh, it's tough. So the Niners had a huge advantage. The point spread represented it. And when the dust settled, Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel looked like they were fucking playing at Georgia or Alabama, I thought. I mean, that's what those two guys look like to me. Like high school or college, like the blue chippers. It's a great call. Niners. Uh, I didn't even think the Giants had really any guys that would like, yeah, the Niners would want that guy on their starting lineup. Like that, they didn't have those guys jump out to me. You know, To me, the guy that looked like he belonged on the field was... Daniel Jones, just because his arm is like it's a real arm. You know, his arm shows up a lot. I think when he would Kyle Shanahan like Daniel Jones. Yes, one hundred percent. And I think it. I think Daniel Jones would play well for Kyle Shanahan. Totally agree. I I bet I'll tell you this. Andy Reid would like Daniel Jones. Yeah, like I watched Alex Smith. Like good coaches. Sean Payton would Sean Payton like Daniel Jones? I think he would. Might consider an upgrade at this point. Yeah, guy, he's. I'll tell you this, Mike McDaniel. Uh, yeah, Tua's. No, no, no. He wouldn't rather. He'd rather have Tua. Yeah, yeah. Is is Waller pulling a little highway robbery on NFL teams these last couple of years? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, what do you do tonight? Ward made a nice. Ward made a nice play on the on the Hufunga interception, but that was. I, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just saying three for twenty. It just. I think he's getting a lot of money in the last couple of years. You know, the the Raiders last year were very disappointed with them. They. Trade him to the Giants. It's like, oh, Darren Waller. This guy, you should see this guy in training camp. He's uncoverable. And then it's like, he's already banged up. He's missing practice. This is what I would say about the 49ers. And this is why Ayuk is a good example of, Brandon, no one on this team has to prove their toughness in 2023. Like our toughness and every single guy here is, that plays is well-established. So if you're injured and it's like you could make it worse and then it, it derails your season, fuck that. Like, no one's proven anything here. This isn't the Junction boys here. The Niners guys, and this is why I think Ward fits right in in Greenlaw, aren't they good examples of, like, you know, they're very hit or miss in practice. But you never question, like, I'll go to fucking hit or war miss with them. What do you mean by hit Just like they might practice, they might oh, not. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that's a big knock on Darren Waller. I guess he never, you know, he misses a lot of practice. Oh. But then the games, you're like, what's he even doing? Tarverius is constantly missing practice. And listen, whether he makes a play or doesn't, I always feel like I just, I just, I like that guy on my squad. Dre Greenlaw misses half the practices a year, but it's because the guy's legitimately injured. But then the game Famous. comes. 
I don't know if he's duct taping himself, taking tortoral shots. He's trying to kill everybody. So I, he's looking but for the, contact. Yeah. But doesn't that speak to like the the Niners? I think have it so down. Whenever a game ends and they're winning, and that little shot of Lynch and Adam who are on the sideline, like giving you know some of like the Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco chest bump, elbow bumps, and it's just like those guys are just doing football machismo moves. They know what they're looking for. And clearly they know mainly like what Kyle likes because Kyle, like you have to die on the field for him. It feels like Belichick, like 2004. Well, well like Niners players almost kill each other on defense. I mean, there's constantly there's a hit and it's like clack, clack, right? And it's Greenlaw hitting the funga. It's crazy. I'll tell you, the other guy that feels like an Alabama defensive lineman is Jamon Hargrave. Is a Jesus. I know it's not breaking news to the NFL world, but oh my God. Did you see the tweet from uh, the tall dude that played for the Giants minor league? Steve Palazzolo. He's like, everybody, just stay in the pocket and make throws. <laughs> and then he said, the pocket. Hargrave, the center, was lying fl- flat on the ground at like the 50. Hargrave is two inches away from Daniel Jones. Not an offensive lineman in sight. I don't even know what he did. To, that wasn't the play either that he made. You know, the one that he got. Yeah, did he have a yeah. sack tonight? Yeah, yeah, he had it. Yeah. That was just a play where he cleared. It was just, it was classic. I talked to a couple guys with the Eagles. They're like, listen, this guy gets off the bus. He does not look like Jalen Carter. I've seen or John, when, I told you, when I yeah. saw him in person at like a press conference, I'm like, huh. He does not look like Ken Law. He does not look like any of these guys. His power and, I mean, think of the three teams he's played for now. Steelers, Eagles, Niners. Yeah. <laughs> I saw... Uh, Eddie Borselli, who I don't know if he still is, but for a long time he was like the executive producer for NFL radio. Uh, He's a diehard Raider fan. And he's like, the Raiders have been wanting a guy like this for a decade plus. He's hit free agency literally twice. (laughs) We always have money. Like, how do we never? Isn't he a good example of like the Eagles give him a bunch of money three years ago? It's like, shouldn't teams have even given him more? And this year, $40 million. At that position, how dominant the guy is, like, is that not a think how many players get like 50? McGlinchey got 50. That guy's not worth 60. Like, what this isn't 2004 NFL money. The genius of it, too, is like an interior pass rusher on a team that plays with a lead all the time, right? And who always has like six edge rushers. And who always has the Niners had 39 minutes of possession today. I know time of possession isn't cool anymore, definitely not in college. But who says that? Like, well, in why college, it's not because you score so fast. Yeah, I'm just saying, Chip. No, really, I, I think kind of changed no, the game in college. I'm saying though, who say, people say it, but I like why? No, I no, I don't think people say it. I think it just used to be a stat. Like you turn on the game and it'd be like some big, Big Ten offensive lineman as an analyst. You're like, key to the game tonight, John. Time of possession. You really <laughs> got to control the rock. Nobody says it anymore because everyone tries to score fast, like tempo, like the game, like Chip yeah. changed the game, right? Where you couldn't look at the time of possession and understand who dominated the game based on time of possession. Right. Yeah. And the college game is very much like that. The NFL game, as we talked about on like, Sunday, what's USC's time of possession this year. It can't be great. Right. There's well, so I, I know I did the Cal game the other day and they led the nation in time of possession. Did I tell you this? And the OC Jake Spavitt, I was like, I don't want to leave the nation in time of possession. We're 70th in yards per play. Like I want to be eight yards per play. Forget about time of possession. We hold the ball a lot. Cause we like pick up just enough yards to pick up a first down and we got to like go down the field and you know four yard chunks like that's no we're good. not trying to matriculate it 
yeah, we're not trying to matriculate it. We just need some explosives. You know, yeah, now it's about sense. explosives. Yeah, yeah. Everyone now it talks about just explosives. Anyway, so um, but the Niners play that way, and a guy who can pass rush from the interior against this is part of it. It's like their D line gets more valuable because they play with the lead so much. And then you can tee off and they tee off. I think about their defensive lines are really good. Well, th- this is where I saw the cat, you know, you see the Cowboys, uh, digs towards ACL today. Yeah. Their center got hurt today in practice too. I guess he was limping off. He's a pro bowler to me where Hargrave is really going to be needed is like in those matchups. Right? Obviously, that's where it's really going to show. But the goal of the season is really to get to like 13-plus wins so you can win the number one seed. It's like the NBA. It's like, you know, this guy's not Kevin Durant or whatever, but he's definitely going to help me win 58 games so we can get the number one seed. He might not be, you know, an all-NBA guy or even like a fringe all-star. And Hargrave probably a fringe pro bowler. But this guy's going to help me when we play every team that is the majority of our schedule that's like a non-playoff team. He's going to beat the fuck out of them. And then against those good teams, at minimum, he'll just hold his own right. instead of getting... Like last year, Hargrave... Or not Hargrave, but uh, Kinlaw, who actually is kind of flying around, was like a complete negative. Kinlaw's so you, sweet. You actually just have to have... You could argue in the Eagles and Cowboy game, you just need a lot of neutrals and then just not fuck up. Like, no interceptions, no right? interceptions, yeah. Maybe, maybe cause a fumble, and that could be the difference in a 21-17 win. But it's not... You're not going to get a lot of, you know... Nick Bosa had four sacks in that game. It's going to be just who's missing tackles, who makes a mistake. Body like, blows. Why have the Cowboys lost two years in a row? Dax from picks. Purdy hasn't. Jimmy, Jimmy did. But Tony Pollard got hurt. Tony Pollard shattered his ankle. Like, it's going to be small swings. You just need to hold serve a lot. And to me, Hargrave's a big, against the best opponents, he can just hang immediately. And they, you could argue last year, they, I don't, they definitely didn't have that inside. Because Armstead was hurt most of the season. Oh, and right. They had a bunch of other random bodies. Yeah. Uh, I was at one of the early camp press conferences when they asked Hargrave, like, why are you so good? And, you know, his answer was not sexy. It was pad level. <laughs> I have good pad level. And it's because he's not 6'8 or 6'6 or whatever. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. 
Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, Tyler dropped a 10 spot. First night to see 98 and 97 really solidify the game on defense. Yeah, Bosa made an immediate impact tonight too, right? I mean, he makes an immediate impact just by existing, but Nicholas John Bosa, as Sherm kept calling him. Listen, the Niners, a couple of purdies, we'll get into him in a second, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote shitty passes. When you don't bite on the play-action boot, you are fucked, right? Because <laughs> it's like and a deep drop, and you're just... You turn around, and it's a couple times with the Giants, it was like DBs blitzing off the edge, and Purdy just had to get that thing out of bounds. On the play where Daniel Jones was sacked at like the half-yard line, if Bosa does not even take a half-step down the line of scrimmage, it's the play's an absolute disaster. And listen, Kyle runs a lot of those plays too, right? They, they clearly... I would say they have some similar concepts in their offense. Like they ran that play a lot. The Giants did. The Niners do. When the Niners are successful, they have a lot of like play action, boot, dump off, or boot, set your feet and rip it. I mean, that's it's a huge play, but you just the guy's unblocked. I mean, that's a, that's a, the whole scheme is the guy is literally unblocked, and you just hope he goes down. Like the the scheme with uh, Chris Alt, the Kaepernick offense is he's unblocked but we get to choose which way he's stepping as we're looking at him. This one, the quarterback, is back as to him. This is always the knock like Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers early on. Like, I'm really not comfortable pass plays when my back is looking at defenders. Like, those guys love. It's like the Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. They like shotguns, seeing everything. My greatest asset, when I turn my back to him, like, fuck, I don't know what's going on. And then I turn around. What's Daniel Jones supposed to do on that play? Honestly, he's lucky he was just standing where he was standing that he wasn't in the end zone because it was, what do you think, like half a foot? I mean, it wasn't that far. It was the right call, but like DeBosa, you could argue too, like the Niners, Nick is very equipped against that play because not, I'm sure, the game plan, but he practices against that play a lot. Right. But that, that is, I mean, if the Niners quarterback were to ever get hurt, it, to me, that play has a lot of it written all over it. I mean, you're kind of a sitting duck, right? There's a lot of plays where you go, I mean, and this is part, I mean, part of playing the position. You want to talk about Brock? Yeah, but I'm saying that play specifically, like the so boot that, action, yeah, is like you, you You are very, it's one thing, listen, you're going to get hammered in the pocket. You're, Purdy got hit sometimes just in football. 
that play is to me a very exposed NFL play that the 49ers are going to do. I bet if we look when the season ends on the PFF stats, if not the most, I mean, near the top of the league, some boot action that the guy's going to be an unblocked edge defender. And Purdy, I will give Purdy credit on this. He is very quick to react on that play, which immediately looks shitty. And then you see the slow motion replay. You're like, that was the only thing he could do. Right. Because on the one play, kind of, I think it was in the red zone. When it happened, you're like, what the fuck was that? And then you realize, okay, he not only, he, that was a great play. That Jimmy might have just thrown that up and might have got picked. That's something. right. Get the ball out and don't get a pick. Just get rid of the football because yeah. you're going to get peppered. Uh, John, let's talk about Brock Purdy tonight, Thursday night, Brock Purdy. In the uh, by the way, if you're listening to this podcast and didn't watch the football game, the Niners won the game thirty to twelve. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brock Purdy in the game, John, twenty five of thirty seven for three hundred and ten yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. I looked; the three hundred and ten yards is a regular season career high for Brock. The only time he had more passing yards in a game was uh, the three hundred and thirty two he had against the Seahawks in the playoffs last year. And the 37 attempts matches his career high from his, uh, not his first start, but his the Dolphins game last year. Now, obviously, these are not air yards, but they're yards. And um, for a guy that it started, it looked he looked a little uncomfortable. Hell of a line, considering how it started. Listen, this is a little like last week. I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass in the sense of Thursday night games, tough situation. It's hard to judge guys. Uh, and let's face it, like he could throw four touchdowns next week against Arizona. No one's going to give him that much credit because they're going to say you're playing the Cardinals, who I'm sure is going to be 0-3 after they play the Cowboys. He's really going to get judged on the Cowboy game against all the good teams. The Seattle game, I would say the next time they play the Rams. Obviously, you know, the Raven game, uh, the Bengal game, if they've turned their season around. Because I saw everyone on Twitter, I'm talking like Nick Wright, like, I told you this guy sucks. And I was thinking, like, yeah, he's kind of struggling. And then you look at his numbers, but this gets back to what we talked about last week. His numbers, and this is where if I was, and I'm not acting like he sucks, but then it, it, it's hard to box score scout yep. Brock Purdy specifically. Like, it was easier Jimmy, because Jimmy's numbers never quite look consistent like Brock's. Brock And he throw a pick. You're like, yeah, that matched. Exactly. Brock doesn't turn the ball over. And clearly, there were two plays a night that stand out. The one quick screen to Debo and the other slant that Debo took like 60. You know, so, you, I mean, that's 100 yards of his 300 on two plays where the ball, I mean, the slant was, the dude was 15 feet away. And the you just, Andy Reid told me when they scouted Mahomes, they were they removed all the quick screens. I'm like, what does that tell me? Right? You just, you just, th- you just, they evaluate all the throws. Yeah. Like when NFL scouts evaluate Shador Sanders, Caleb Williams, or whatever, you remove every pass behind the line of scrimmage. Cause that's just like, you know, it'd be like, uh, I, I, I don't even know how handoffs. To yeah. You remove the handoffs, right? A non starter. Like, what are you going to not make that pass? Um, okay. Because I, I think in, in I, anyone's mind, for a decent quarterback, and Brock clearly is, that's should be 90% completion percentage, 95. I mean, right. it's, it's a one-step throw, and the guy's standing right there. And the 49ers yeah. run that play. I mean, does, do I? whenever I say Mike Leach, did Mike Leach run that play a lot? Feels like he did. I'm not sure if he Tunnel screens? Yeah. 
But they run wide receiver screens. Do you feel like they raid or not? They run more like slants and outs. I didn't outs. feel like they ran wide receiver yeah. screens. I don't know why I feel like you did. Uh, maybe you did. Um, I feel it's very collegiate though, just to run wide receiver yeah. screens. Well, it's it's your classic get, get the ball, get the ball, playmakers, let them make plays, but playmakers in space, man. Um, count of three on the count of three. Give me a Brock grade. One, two, three. B. B minus. Okay. Um, here's why I'm going B. I test I, I was like C minus. I test was C minus, but it actually, like, when you look at its functionality, it was. Yeah. So uh, I, 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 I view B as a good grade. I don't view B as a downgrade. I view B as a again. If you guys know my philosophy, but I'll repeat it because it applies here as it applies in most games. Most days of your life, you're not playing with your best. Most games you win, you don't get to play per. Like I was, my jump shot was on, my handle was on. I played the best defense of my life. I finished everything at the rim. I was seeing everything in passing. Just it doesn't. That's not life. Like doesn't work like that. You don't always have full tank of gas. Not don't spill on your shirt on time to every meeting. Lunch gets delivered. It was perfect. Hit the gym on time. Got to bed on time. It's just that's not life. So, uh, I thought considering the start, considering how much pressure that the Giants brought, considering short week. Uh, yeah, I mean there are a lot of layup throws, but the layup throws are the. You mean Don, Don Mattingly's uh, cleanup hitter? Don, wink. You see that fucking the chew lost, in his mouth? The, the lost off? Ryan brother. <laughs> what if I? What if you found out it was like Rob Ryan? They had they had they had cloned him as a kid and it came if, off just if, a little. If different. I told you that Wink Martindale batted fourth for three years at LSU in the early '80s and was like the All SEC hitter, but loved football and ended up being a football coach, but was one of the greatest baseball power hitters in SEC. History at LSU, would you believe me? I'd believe you. If you told me he coaches a girls' travel softball team in the offseason, and they're really good, and they're sponsored by Skull or Harley Davidson. I'd I love you. a guy that has a big lip in and also has a little like extra on his lip, and it just feels like, I don't think he spits. He swallows. That was the classic Got Bochi. To. He just like, no, he, not, he ain't spitting. Like, he doesn't, do you got a spitter? No, he just swallows it. He's been swallowing it for 45 years. Uh, I, as always, he made a lot of third down throws. Brock does that. Now, sometimes it's behind Jennings. Jennings always has to catch one ball from behind him in the middle of the field. He always has to catch Jennings, a ball behind him in like a hot zone in the, in a big moment in the game, but he does it. He, he delivers, but the Niners were very good on third down today. Brock was a part of that. He had several plus throws. I mean, his touchdown throw to Ronnie Bell, which Ronnie Bell's first career catch. It was a touchdown. His first career touchdown. We got there eventually on the information, but um, the touch, the throw to Kittle early on the sideline was an incredible throw. And then against pressure, the Debo touchdown. Debo touchdown was Debo was, touchdown a, was, was a, I mean, these were multiple like plus throws in the game. So I thought all things considered. And then he didn't. And he didn't turn the ball over. And I saw this stat. I, I got. He didn't really have any turnover worthy throws. He no. did. The throw that that Kittle had to play Hufunga. Sorry, let me be clear. Kittle had to break up that ball. It was the play action turnaround. Thinks Kittle's open, doesn't see the DB. It was early oh, yeah. in the game, and Kittle's got to come knock it down. I think it was the first possession of the game. Uh, I would say that was a turnover worthy ball. Um, I'd be lying. I turned on the game. They were at the fifty yard line. Oh, okay. Well, you you should see that play, John. Five fifteen, five twenty. You you know, there's a. The, 
and it's on Prime. You got to get all. You got to navigate. Quick load. There's a rhythm to primetime games. If I yep. could tell the NFL one thing, when you sign this deal, we need universal time slots, right? Yeah. You can't have some at five fifteen, some at five twenty. That five minute difference, especially if one's a streaming service, that could be a seven minute swing. Big difference. Uh, yeah. Somebody just reminded me. I graded this as a plus throw. I mean, I didn't grade today, but if I did. I wouldn't call it a McCaffrey drop. It was a PBU, but the the left yeah. corner throw to McCaffrey was a very good throw. Is that so, what he laid on the ground for an extra minute or extra second? You're like, are you okay, Christian? You're like, yeah, you're good. Then you saw the replay. Like it was a really good throw, and he just I think kind of got accidentally broken up. But anyway, um, not I good. think he has a lot of touch on the edge throws. Don't you? To me, the edge throws like the Debo throw, the Ayuk throw, the touchdown passes on the corner, the Christian McCaffrey touchdown dropped. Like those edge throws to the sideline, I feel he has a lot of confidence and clearly has a lot of like uh, knows where to put it and feels very like I'm going to put this in the right spot. And he he just feels very consistently on on that throw where some other throws you kind of I don't want to say hold your breath, but he's just a little more hit or miss that side throw on the sideline, anything deeper down the field. I would say that was an area where Jimmy sucked at and probably why they're much more explosive scoring points because yeah. you score points on that fucking throw, right? Yeah. Yep. Go back. You got to watch the first drive because somebody in the chat here, Jose, said his first throw floated was, a bit. Yeah, I was late to it. Okay, so the he's first done, He's done that game. a couple times in his career. First drive can, can be a roller coaster, right? But you know, but the reason I bring it up is the, the second play of the game was this throw that Jose's talking about, where I couldn't tell they didn't get a replay. Like, was it behind D Bell? I'll have to watch it again. So then it's third and five. Wink brings heat. Brock could not have been calmer. And not only was he calm, Debo was open, and he just the same thing. He just kind of I mean, it was the it felt like the equivalent of a 78 mile an hour throw if it was a baseball pitch. It was on the money, but it was just like put it out there, and it was on the money. I that I thought was a really impressive throw, third and five, and then the next play will be when you go back and grind the tape will be the Kittle PBU. But um, yeah, I thought I thought wouldn't it was. Wouldn't you say he's really? Wouldn't you say that for them to win a Super Bowl right now, given everyone being healthy on this squad right now, he's really their only question mark. Like if, like, is he good enough to beat the best teams? Like, right. can he play well enough? I mean, obviously his numbers look fine, but I think yeah. we all have to admit there are moments in these games where you're watching it, you're like, ah. Yeah. Well, can he not? Can he really not keep not turning the ball over like this? Didn't throw a pick again. Well, guy, it's football. I mean, fucking Bra- well, Peyton, Man- Peyton Manning threw, but I'm saying That's Peyton I'm saying. Manning so when, threw pick like, sixes in the Super Bowl. So, Tom. When does it happen? Yeah, where does it happen? Well, it's inevitable. And that's where I will give him this. He does make enough explosive plays where over the course of a season, he can have seven, eight picks. He's throwing enough touchdowns. How many touchdowns does he have right now? Well, two. He didn't have one last week, and he had one in week one, right? He had two in week one, so that's four. Yeah, I mean, so he's on pace for – I. yeah, it's not great. I guess you need a little more. But I could see next week him get two or three, three or yeah. four. So let's say he gets three, so all of a sudden he's got seven through four. Then probably Dallas, maybe he'll struggle to get maybe one, right? Because he'll probably get a running touchdown too. Like how many touchdowns? Like now they play the Cardinals. I mean, this game, I mean, what's at home? What's the line on that? Two Third touchdowns? Game. So let's face it. Like next week, it's going to be one of those classic 
it's so early in the season, it's not like a look pass, but right now Darnold? it's the fucking Dallas Cowboys. You know, like what's it going to take to beat the Dallas Cowboys? Because that game is it's Sunday Night Football. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, Niners minus two or three. It's going to be your classic, like, two best teams in the league. I think a lot of people are going to be like, these are legitimately the two best teams in the league right now. Yeah. And ultimately, it's week five. It doesn't mean that much, but it does mean something. I would say it means more it means like what standings. That, but for sure. But I, but I just mean like for McCaffrey and Debo and Micah and Bosa. Like, I think you could argue Purdy has the most to prove in that moment, even over Dak. I think Purdy just being because I remember last year, like, oh, damn, this is gonna be yeah, I mean, he threw for like one sixty <laughs> or whatever it was. Right, it's a big moment, man. Thanks for the and five I, bucks, Jared. And and I guess my thing, right, as we sit here right now, I'm nervous with Brock Purdy going into that game. Not like I'm nervous that they're going to get fucking beat. I just mean, is he good enough to win that game that I think is going to be 18 to 15 or 21 to 17 or, you know? The one thing you can't deny so far with him, he shows no sign of being rattled when it's not going to I'm not saying, but again, I'm I know not, you're not saying that. I'm just I'm talking like, physically. I understand. I, yeah, I got it. I'm just saying, like... The pressure of those games becomes a factor in those games for all the players involved, especially young quarterbacks. And if he's got that in him, he hasn't shown it yet. And in fairness to him, for everyone that's not like on our angle, the pressure on Dak with the national media and Cowboy fans is will be enormous in two weeks, right? I mean, guy, that's okay. it's going to be. Look at Dallas' schedule; it's going to be four and zero versus four and zero. Yeah. If it was if it was college football, it'd be one versus two. Right. I wonder if they'll outrate Colorado. Uh, what would you What would you guess? Thirty two. It's going to be big. <laughs> I yeah, know. I mean, that. if it's a playoff game, it's like fifty five, right, or sixty. Sunday night football. Those two teams four and out. The hype all week will be huge. Yeah. Thirty five million. I mean, it could be one of the highest rated Sunday night games in five years or something. If you told me something like that. Yeah. Should be easier to beat Dallas with Diggs tearing his ACL. I think. Like, would it be not- the Would it be the two teams any network would choose if they were both elite? Yeah, I think so too. Because the Cowboys are obviously the number one pick. When they meet in the playoffs, it's the it's like the highest rated playoff games you can get. Are the Niners the number two pick? You think in the stand if they're good in the ratings challenge? Well, I mean, like if the if you say if they're good, like the Giants if they're good or the Jets if they're good are probably up there. Well, like do the Packers rate because of the Packers or because? They're the Packers with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre because they've obviously been huge cash cows. Yeah, hard to know, right? Because <laughs> that's what that's who they've been. That's what they are. Like Pittsburgh just rates, and they haven't had a great quarterback in a while. I I, I would imagine that the Packers and Pittsburgh, one thing they have, are enormous fan bases. Huge fan bases. Yeah, I know a lot of Packer fans. Like just somebody g- gave us the stat. I don't know where it came from. So maybe Giants blitzed on twenty of twenty four dropbacks in the first half. Uh, that's 83% of their dropbacks. It'd be the fourth highest rate by any defense in a single game in the past five years. Well, I think he's the highest blitzing coordinator over the last like decade. And he looks he, at Brock and goes, here it comes. He definitely is. Because that was, you know, I think when him and Harbaugh broke up is he was too aggressive. He's the opposite of Fangio, of just like he'll, he blitzes every play. Which, I mean, look at the guy. You think a guy with that big fucking three, you know, Kansas skull every day is... Blitzing twice a game. I mean, what you, you don't get that haircut and then roll in. It's like uh, we we like to drop eight. You know, the hard part of football, and this is where I mean the Niners are way better than them. When you're kind of the random playoff team, it's hard to just maintain it, man. 
because people come for you. Your schedule just schedule you're gonna changes. you're gonna draw a random year where you just get the tough conferences. They play in a tough division. Like I, well, I by no means think they suck. The, they won a bunch of one score games. Too. The Vikings had a stat last year where they they won a bunch of close games or like late games. The Vikings had a stat last year that was kind of like that. Well, just, I think I, I yeah I think they were like eight and one in you know one score one games. score games or something. So. All right, there's the Purdy eval. What else we got? Ronnie Bell, two big catches. Ronnie Bell made more plays in one quarter than most other non Ayuk Jennings, Debo wide receivers than I have drafted. Certainly Danny Gray. Like when Danny, I told you this, when Danny Gray got hurt, I'm like, I, I think it's over. I think Ronnie Bell's taking a spot. Now, the one thing he has is he has speed, but Ronnie Bell made two big plays today and he made this, actually made three plays because he got the deflected catch, he got the touchdown, and he had a big tackle on special teams. Yeah. Right before he, the that was right before the Daniel Jones sack on the goal line. To me, in training camp, you see a bunch of guys, you could watch all every team's preseason that like make plays, you know, have a big run, have a go ball that they catch. I would say his plays kind of translated. It was like the thing with Jalen Hurd, remember? God, if this guy could just stay healthy physically. Remember, he was like breaking tackles and like go the goal line, putting the ball over, and then his knee just gave out. He's like always injured. He actually would have played for the Niners if he could have just been healthy, like his mentality. I think Ronnie yeah. Bell, it was clear, like, you know, he's not just going to hit go balls. He's not just going to do something that's sexy, that's going to look sweet in a preseason game against a guy that's, you know, going to be a fringe practice squatter or selling insurance at Aflac. It was like, God damn, this guy broke like seven tackles. <laughs> you know, and it. I, I would say his just physicality, has to just the only guy that really needs to like you, like Adam Peters, John Lynch, Wilkes. If Kyle likes you, you're fucking not going anywhere. I was telling someone today, I'm like, you understand when the dust settles, Kyle Uzcheck's gonna have like a nine year 49er career. <laughs> he's gonna be, he's already been on the 49ers. I think this is his fifth year. Like, you're gonna look up, he'll have been on the Niners for like eight seasons. And remember, he started for Baltimore, so he played a four year start. He's gonna play on this team for a long time. Because Kyle Shanahan idolizes what he does. Like, what when he likes what you do, it's like Debo. I, why was Debo showing him the skinny picks? Kyle, I'm fucking serious, man. I, I, I fucked up. And what's he doing now? Kyle's like, I fucking love this guy. Get him the ball. Get him the ball. And I think Ronnie Bell, the way he plays, like, that's the stuff Kyle loves. Yeah, yeah. It's He loves it, guy. Hargrave, I mean, Hargrave, he's already so rich. and He's not trying to, like, prove Kyle's love. But Kyle loves him. I'm like, this is how this guy's going to play? You know, so I, I think, like, the way to get Kyle to like you is just to be insanely physical. Like, honestly, if all else fails, be insanely physical. Like, whenever a tight end is going to be, like, the next George Kittle, it might not even be on a catch. I could see it being, like, oh, my God, do you see that blindside block he made to get Debo in the end zone? That guy, that second-round tight end, like, next year, like, that's going to be the moment. Like, that's the stuff that gets Kyle off. But you don't have you seen a tight end that fought? I mean, they do, but nobody fight. Does anybody fight for yards like Kittle and Debo do? Well, no, because Kelsey just he doesn't risk it because he just goes down. Kittle is honestly plays like his WWE character, like he's like well, a but wrestler. Debo does too, right? I mean, they just for sure, but that's Debo's like game, you know, as a tight end. I'd say a lot of like pass catching tight ends are kind of the opposite. Yeah, they're they just don't, there like aren't wide receivers. There aren't that many guys that, and the Niners have two of them on the same team. Yeah, Kittle started it. What did Al, I mean, Al's slipping, bro. 
he said the Niners had like four Super Bowls. They do. Said, That's true. They also have a fifth, but they got four. <laughs> uh, the, you know, I, you and I were like two or one, but the Bavaro game, I, I've always heard about Mark Bavaro. I don't ever remember a snap of yeah. Mark Bavaro. I think he was talking about Debo, but I, clearly Kittle is of that Bavaro Kronkowski because Belichick always said that he thought Bavaro was the best tight end. You know, he was with the Giants. I think those old school coaches – that, like, you're carrying two yards. I mean, that used to be in, like, 70s and 80s football how you became, like, Jim Otto or, you know, Mel Blunt. Like, those names that, like, I've never seen a snap of this guy, but I just know, like, God, that guy's might, as well, Na- might as well be a Navy SEAL that played in the NFL. <laughs> I-, I think George Kittle is is a major throwback in football. I was but, happy to see him have a good but game. He, there, but like, he also, like, is, hasn't that kind of been his style? Like it's yeah. not it's not as sexy as like Travis, you know. No, or, it's not. And he block he does a lot for their offense that doesn't show up in the box score. And who knows? Maybe we'll see if it'll cost him a Hall of Fame or not. But um, I so I was happy to see him get seven for ninety today because it feels like those games have been a little further between for him these last few years, right? And they're not getting any closer just because McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk. There's just so many touches there. You know who I should buy Tito's for? John is our boy Juice. Finally got its touch week three. Looked good, though. <laughs> Finally got his touch, man. I thought it was going to be a wide-ass open throw. First down run. Damn right. What else you got? Any other takes? Uh, empty the notebook. <clears throat> I would say that their defense... I was thinking about this today. In my life, I, I don't remember the Montana-Ronnie Lott teams. Came in... Really started to remember the early 90s teams. I think when you look, that 94 team, Super Bowl champs, Steve Young threw six uh, touchdowns in the Super Bowl against Chargers. He was the MVP. They had Deion fucking Sanders, right? They signed him for one year. I think they had 11 pro bowlers. They had 10 all pros. Bryant Young was a rookie that season. I think that team is your classic NFL team, like doesn't get talked about enough. It's like best team of all time. Honestly, part of it is like the franchise they play in. A lot of people are like the 84 Niners. I don't know. That that 94 team. When you factor in Deion Sanders, now Joe was better than Steve, so it's like hard for Steve Young's team to be viewed better. But I, I think in in my life watching football, that's as good, if not as better than anybody I've ever seen. Now, this Niner team, it's hard for them to be better than that team because Brock Purdy is not going to be the NFL MVP, and he's obviously not as good as Steve Young. I guess he has the possibility of one day being a star, but he's a long way from that. And right now, he's not going to be the... I mean, Steve Young was on the peak of his powers. Of the Harbaugh-Kyle Shanahan teams, this team, and a huge reason is the McCaffrey edition. Now, Debo's healthy. Kittle is still really good. Ayuk's a stud. Their offensive line, <clears throat> I mean, has a lot of cohesion. The defensive unit is fantastic. I don't even think we've sniffed. Think about this. Parsons and TJ Watt, and we talked about this, like came out of the gate swinging. They look like two of the best players in the league. Of course they do. Bosa didn't even get a training camp. He, I think he'll eventually look like that. It might be like early October. He still might be a couple weeks away from that, but he's going to be that because that's who he is. So they, they're basically getting like, 50% of arguably their best player. The other 50% is coming with guys that are already ready to roll. Is this team 
the best version of the Niners of the last of all the playoff teams of Harbaugh and Kyle Shanahan? Because I feel like it might be. I'm not saying it's the 94 Niners because it's hard to be. It's basically impossible to be without Steve Young. But I, I think this team is fucking good. Well, first 3-0 start for the Niners since the 19 team. Are they better than the 19 team? Yes. With Sherman at corner. Trent at left tackle. Staley was good, but. Yeah, Jimmy. But, like, would you argue you that, know, that I, you would, I, Sherman was an all-pro, why? and he was awesome that year, but is, like, is there a ba- big difference between Sherman and Ward? Right. Uh, well, I think the answer to the question, why is this team better than the 19 team, is because their offensive skill guys are just when When you say if Debo's be- – I mean, I think you'd have to say he's at least as good, right? If was not Purdy, is Purdy an upgrade over Jimmy? Sure feels like it so far. Emmanuel Sanders, they had to go get him. McCaffrey, Jennings. Kendrick Bourne was good, right? But Jennings is no worse. He's pretty damn good. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Yeah, this team's good. Now, is this team better than some of the Harbaugh teams? Um, Well, if Brock is a franchise, like if Brock just is this, right? At the time, Colin was, it worked. Like it just worked. So it didn't but this matter version of Brock, like they're not giving a hundred million dollars to, right? Well, no, but that's the thing. It's like the first version of Brady wasn't getting a hundred million dollars, and the first version of Russ wasn't getting a hundred million dollars. That's why they weren't first round picks, right? If you're not yeah. a first round, if you're not that guy coming in, then you don't look like a hundred million dollar guy two games into your second year. It's impossible. You just can't. Mahomes, first round pick though. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Fair. And even he didn't look like a hundred million dollar guy two games into his second year. It was his first year. I th- yeah, it's true. His second year, first game, though, I think he threw five touchdowns against Chargers. His third year in the league? His second year in the league. Oh, so his debut is like the starter. His debut is the true starter, Alex, on another team. I, four or five touchdowns. Now, one of them was one of the little tap passes to Tyree. I just remember watching that game and being like, Jesus. Was that against the... Right? No. Who was it against? I think it was LA Chargers at Home Depot Center. Gotcha. Ryan, five bucks. Would you rather have Willis Bowman and Greenlaw Warner? You could argue modern NFL, you'd rather have Warner, but I mean, Willis Bowman is the better combo. I'm taking healthy Willis Bowman. How many linebacker duos in league history in their, in their pre pure health, both 2011. Remember when you counted the four out, the two outside linebackers too, Alden and, uh, uh, Ahmad Brooks. I want to say Takeo. Yeah. Ahmad Brooks. Um, It was a sweet unit. The, the, yeah. Their front seven was, I mean, they had Ray McDonald, who's got some issues. Uh, they had Glenn Dorsey. I mean, they, they had some dudes. The second, Saint I mean, G- the, the safety. Pial just... or whatever was his name. Oh, uh, yeah. Who was that? Juan Pierre Paul or. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was that guy's name? Uh, but the, the safeties were killers, right? Uh, legitimately. The, the Carlos Rogers was a, was a very good nickel. Like this crazy in two thousand, we it hasn't Chris been that Culliver, long. Before he got his brass knuckles, uh, that Hufunga is a very violent player. I would say his violence relative to like Hitner and Goldson or you know PG John Saint Pierre John Goldson and 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 Hitner could they honestly you know John <laughs> Lynch could, could they play today? Yeah, he changed his name to Hitner. I mean, he was like K linebacker. And, yeah, they'd have to maybe. Well, Hufunga, one of the things with Hufunga... Ricky the, Jean Francois. Yeah, there the, you go. The, the reason he didn't have a spot was uh, was people thought he might have to be a linebacker. But he's too thin, you know? 
he's like not because part of being a linebacker is like you're taking on O lineman. So it's kind of he was in the hybrid and only so many teams like fuck it we'll just put him in safety. I gotta tell you when I watch him sometimes he feels like the key to the whole thing working like really working. <laughs> I just looked at the box score he had one tackle. I don't even know how that's possible, but he had one tackle. He feels like he's all over the field. His presence yeah. is felt. His presence. He's he's this. He, well, he isn't he like to me one big difference between nineteen and now. Like he's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. It feels like anytime there's a tackle made in the front seven, Hufung is the second guy there. He's like the support guy on a Greenlaw tackle. He's the support guy on like a Armstead. Somehow has to go to the hash. Makes a play. He's just there. So it doesn't show up in the box score. Well, think about this. Greenlaw had the Dan Buns moment that year, right? Against Seattle week 17 to win them division, which is crazy. Dan Buns, uh, speaking of moments we didn't see. Yeah, sounded sweet, though. They went 13-3. and Greenlaw in 2023 is like, I mean, is he like a top 15 NFL linebacker? Like, he's he's a really, really good NFL player. At the time, it was like, who's this young kid from Arkansas? That's right. Like he is, he's like a core player on one of the best teams in the NFL, and that's part of being a good NFL, like an elite NFL team. Our guys that were good when they're young become like in the prime of his career. Yeah, yeah. Like Dre Grow Greenlaw is going to go when people introduce people to Dre Greenlaw when he's forty. Be like, do you know how good this fucking guy was in the NFL for the San Francisco Forty ers Like when he's hanging out with people in Arkansas in like two thousand forty, right? That's because he'll never be. Everyone's going to know Nick Bosa or Trent Williams. There's going to be guys on that team like, do you understand? This guy was like a seven-year starter for the San Francisco 49ers in like the six years they went to the playoffs. NorCal Dan, I was a big Harbaugh team. Willis, Bowman, Hittner, Golson, Smith Bros, Cap, Vernon Davis. I don't know. Tough to say. It's... I think the fair argument is they have a lot of parallels, and what did those teams do? Cruised. (laughs) Deep cruised. in the playoffs, yeah. cruised, and that—that's to me the key this year of getting the uh, who's that? <laughs> Andrew Luck showed up to the post game show, and uh, was that really him? It was really Andrew Luck, yeah. Civil War outfit. Do you think he showed up because Richards boys with him? They did like a Stanford versus Cal trivia question thing with Tony Gonzalez and Richard oh. Sherman, and so Luck showed up. That's what that was. I'm not trying to be a hater, but Tony kind of annoys me. Who does? Tony. Oh, Gonzalez. Yeah. I think it's really tough for like five people to be on one show and everyone gets to say something. You know, but honestly, you could probably just have like Carissa, Richard, and like Fitzpatrick and you'd be fine. I got a text from a buddy today. It's like, they wear the same thing every time, right? I was like, yeah, they wear that. Richard wears the band, no collar shirt. Uh, Whitworth wears the hoodie with the jacket. Fitz wears the Hawaiian shirt with the jacket. Uh, Tony just wears a normal shirt with a jacket. <laughs> the same outfit every time. <laughs> like each each of them has their brand, has their look, you know. Yeah. Uh, so we can tell them apart, I guess. I don't know. I think Whitworth is a Travis Matthews guy, and he wears the Travis Matthews. Oh, is that sweatshirt. what that is? I was wondering because I looked at him like I think it's like athletic wear. I don't think it's like cashmere cotton or something. No, it's yeah. I think he's a big you know. He's been in L.A. for a while. Like he knows Travis Matthews guy. They outfit him. He's a golf guy. I think that's what he's doing. Fitzpatrick uh, is classic. I don't you know. The I don't give a fuck guy. That's kind of but, but it's like but they do like I think it's like the designer has set it all up for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Brandon says y'all too hard on Purdy. 
Philo says, uh, Thursday night, short week, blitz relentlessly, missed his number one receiver and puts up a 30 spot, deserves a better grade. And Adam Hurley says, Brock Purdy is as consistent as it gets, and people are stupid for not believing he's proven himself yet. 17 touchdowns, four picks in his career. Give me a fucking break. There you go. There's some Purdy love. Who would have thought? Who would have imagined, John? What was it? September 21st. September 22nd in some parts of the country. Who would have imagined on, say, like August 1st, that we'd be accused of being too hard on Brock Purdy. <laughs> it's funny. I was listening to us talk. Like I was just thinking when we were just discussing Brock giving grades, <clears throat> why it's just you can't let the losers get in your head, you know, because we are nothing but fair. We always will be, always are, because we don't care. We don't have <clears> – it's weird. People ask me all the time, like, who's your squad? I'm like, I, I, I root for the 49ers, but it's it's way different than when I was a kid. It, it, just, it just is. I my, my, The true fan, I'm like, I get excited when they play well, but it's just not the same. But I don't – like, if Brock sucks, he sucks. Like, I'm, I'm not – I never I, – I don't understand under in general – even as a sports fan, like once the guy sucks, like let's move on. This is, this is like you got constant transfer portal. This is pro sports. You, you don't have to hold on unless like you sign him like Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. Like there are a couple people you're like praying because you know you're screwed. Like he, he's got to be good. I kind of understand that. But the overwhelming majority of players, if he's not good, just move on and get to the next guy. Well, the part I don't understand is like, do you guys think Brock Purdy, if asked today, like, Brock, what would you give your grade? Oh, bro, A+. plus. You think that's what he would say? You think if you ask Kyle, what's his grade? Like privately, not publicly. You see Kyle gave him like a little pat on the shoulder and everyone's like, oh, my God, Kyle loves him. Tonight? <laughs> end of the game. They were like having a chat. Like not end of the game. Like when it was clear, like maybe he was done. You gave him like a yeah, like a little pat on the shoulder as he walked by. And I was like, oh my god, that's the that's Kyle's love language—a little pat on the shoulder. Like I don't hate you. One thing the Niners have going Trey for Lance. them right right now, guy, is now it's early, so it. small sample size. Okay. I mean, are, are they going to average thirty plus points all all season long? Because if they do, they're you're gonna you're gonna win 13, 13 games minimum. I mean, they have last year the thirteen games felt harder to achieve. This year, it feels like it's going to be much more like, are they a 15-win team? That, that To me, that's the question right now. Yeah. Are they a 15-win team? Because they're like 12 or 13, like they're on the fast track to that. But to me, the question is like 15-2. But I think uh, Cowboys, the Eagles, they're all asking themselves that question. Like, are we 15-2 or are we 12-5, 13-4? Because that 15-2 is a lock like everyone's coming through us. I mean, they've scored 30 points in all three games exactly. They've yeah. scored 30 points the last two games. When you watch them, went, it wasn't like a four-quarter offensive domination. So, yeah, I mean, how many have scored this week? What about Cleveland? What about Minnesota? Since I mean, Jacksonville. Niners play those teams? Those are teams they play. Niners do play the Browns, the Bengals, and the Vikings in a three-week stretch, actually. <laughs> Pretty bizarre stretch. A lot of, like, colors I don't wear in that stretch. Yeah. Uh, or they have a stretch. They play five straight games against teams that have colors that I wouldn't wear. I don't what, really. Wear. What would NBC? Browns, hold on. Orange, purple, Vikings. Let me do this analysis. Bengals, orange, Jags, teal, Bucks, whatever that color is. Rust. Sorry. What would NBC? I feel like NBC. Like, what amount of money would they pay just to get Niners, Eagles, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Niners on just a rotation, just like yeah. all season long? Right. It's like could they maybe just, like. Uh, Giants Cardinals uh, Monday night doubleheader. <laughs> I know. I mean, 
it'd be the ratings would be no one would get tired of that. It's not you know you wouldn't get the would you get like the Alabama Clemson fatigue if you ran that out every Sunday? Yeah, eventually. I mean, it's football. Like it's just the nature of just the one off situation. It just feels like you're watching the same shit. Part of what football too is like. I mean, the Cowboys haven't been good for that long, right? The Eagles just had a couple-year stretch, really, last year. So it's not like they've been good for 10 straight years. I mean, how'd the Niners... Niners got Nick Bosa because they drafted two overall. So part of football is, like, Alabama never has a drafting two overall season. You know, and football is fucking weird, you know? Yeah. This could, this could end fast. You just got to enjoy it while you have it because you just... Shit, you never know because... This feels I – mean, we watched three teams with Kyle Shanahan go to the NFC Championship won the Super Bowl. This feels like the easiest. Because even the 19 team was a little surprising. This not only is not surprising, this is like, yeah, this is what we expected. And then they're just rolling through people, even when they're a little off. Uh, don't forget, Sunday Night Football this week is Steelers at Raiders. Don't buy your tickets online from any former Raider players. Apparently uh, – Former. Former. Former, yeah. Former. Um, you see the Raiders put what's-his-name on uh, one thing, mental health? Oh, they did? What took so long? NFI or something. What took so long? They had to give him the benefit of the doubt. His, his account was hacked. You see that? Uh, I saw that's what he said. Uh, Shurganot says, uh, what do you guys think about the Fields comments? Did you see what Fields said? Uh, yeah, about the coaching. Well, he's like, ah, I don't feel like I'm playing myself. I'm not doing my best or whatever. Like, why? Huh? Coaching. That's that's probably Kyle's greatest non, like non on the field achievement. I'll give him credit on that one because I liked him. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think there's a chance that he'd be better somewhere else. He's this isn't the staff that drafted him. He's on another coaching staff. They've stopped running him. But part of like you, you got to pick up his fifth year option. You got to think if he's a long. You got to see if he can throw. Yeah. Well. He can't throw. He can't. I know. You, you know. Do you know what he is? What he's 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 a faster, you know, more highly touted high school recruit, Trey Lance. He's got no touch. He's better, but he's he's more this natural. Is, this is what it looks like when you suck at football. And again, relative to like, he's still better than a lot of people, but it's really really hard when you start dropping robotic. You mean just like playing from the pocket and like going to your second read. Do you see a lot of the still shots, like guys wide open? Do you know what playing robotic yeah. in my mind means? I'm trying to run this normal NFL offense, and it makes me think too much, and I can't do it, and I short circuit. Which, in fairness to him, happens to the, you always say, the overwhelming majority of players. He is, he's the majority, not the minority at the position. Like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar, they're the outliers. Most guys, Even Jimmy's an outlier. Jimmy is the minority. Garoppolo. Jimmy's closer to the minority, has moments where he looks like Fields as well, though. Yeah, but just the minority is like career starters. Those, That's the minority, right? Yeah. And that's what Garoppolo has turned into. Derek? Multiple contracts, right? Say, say Derek. Derek, you're going to look up. Derek Carr is going to be a 14-year NFL starter. <laughs> like how many guys in the NFL hit? It's one thing to be like, I played in the – like Doug Peterson. I played in the NFL for 12 years. He's like a two-year starter. Derek Carr is like, I started in the NFL for 14 seasons. I think that's correct. Like ultimately, Jimmy's going to have the four years where he didn't start. Right. I think when you look at Derek, when his career's in the dust settles, and he starts for whatever that number is, 13, 14 years, that's a pretty incredible achievement. You'd be like, wait, you won zero playoff games? 
Hey, what happened that the Patriots went from a four and a half point favorite to a two and a half, a four and a half point underdog to a two and a half point favorite against the Jets? They were a four and a half point underdog. They're now maybe this line open is from before Rogers got hurt. Is that possible? I don't know. No. You like the uh, lock of the week? Pat minus two and a half against the Jets. I don't. I don't try. I wouldn't bet on that quarterback. You got a lock really, this week? I don't really like any of the games. I can't, people keep asking, like, you got a lock of the week? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll get that. And I look and I'm like, uh. no. Washington State against Oregon State. You said that I kind of like. Uh, well, I mean, what's the Notre what Dame? Is, what is that number? Plus three, Washington State at home. Yeah. Um, God, there's some good college football games on Saturday. Notre Dame. Okay, I got to go pick this girl up. Notre Dame, Ohio State. I like I like Notre Dame. Is that what the game is? Notre Dame at Ohio State. Yeah, no. I think that'll do a number. All right, Ohio, Ohio State at Notre Dame. Good, that'll do a number. That'll do well. Good stream, everybody. Thanks for hanging. Good pod, everybody. Thanks for hanging. Later. Adios. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.